You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome to Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you'd like to email the show, you can send a message to Packers Total Access at gmail.com. And uh, just first and foremost, I want to apologize for the quality of this audio. I'm actually recording it in the hotel room in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and there's going to be a little bit of an echo, probably a little bit of background noise. My wife's getting ready. We're getting ready to go hit the tubing hill. We're going to try to break Mark Murphy's <laughs> Arians Hill uh, a tubing record, I think, is the goal for today, but it should be a lot of fun. I think we're running about – I don't know what the temperature is outside, but the high today is going to be somewhere around 23, 24, I believe. Um, pretty cool, though, man, because we've, uh, we've got basically the uh, the Christmas spirit kicking in here in, uh, in Green Bay, man. The weather has been absolutely awesome with snow and all that good stuff. So what I'm going to do on this podcast uh, – again, I want to apologize. We did not do a podcast Thursday. By the time we got settled in and everything, um, really didn't trust the uh, the system I was going to have to use here. I think I figured it out now. So uh, hopefully we'll be able to bring you another episode, um, like we said, a post game show that I think Ryan's going to man the ship um, on Monday night. So if everything goes as planned, we'll be uh, on camera um, like we normally do for a post game show. Jacob will be with me, and we will probably be. Um, located next to the stadium to do the post-game show. So that's exciting, and, and Ryan's going to man the ship there back home. So, um, yeah, so what we're going to do on this show, first of all, we're going to kind of talk about injury updates, what to expect with the Rams game as far as who's going to be available, who's going to be out. And then also I'm, I'm just going to kind of cover some really cool things that's happened on this trip. So what I'm going to do is get the informational aspect of this uh, – podcast done on the first half that way if you guys want to skip ahead to the next pod that you got keyed up you can or if you want to hang around and kind of listen to the trip a little bit um, we've had some really cool experiences and uh, a couple a couple really cool learning experiences for me too which is really neat so um, all right with that being said let's do this let's talk about um, the injury report 
And uh, it's pretty cool. We've seen people come and go um, all week long. Uh, we were at the stadium. We've pretty much been at the stadium every single morning. And we've seen everybody. We've seen uh, Cliff Crystal, the uh, team historian. Um, I was over hiding in the corner of the atrium behind a bush, you know, creeping a little bit. Um, thought about asking for a pick, but I'm like, man, I don't want to be that guy, right? But uh, obviously, he's uh, he's someone that I hold in, in very high regard. Love the book that he wrote, you know, the greatest story in uh, in sports. And then obviously the uh, legacy documentary where we interviewed Ellie the other day, who worked behind the scenes on it. Um, Cliff Crystal had a big part in that as well, being the team historian. So um, ran into him. Um, we ran into uh, uh, Spofford. And Hockowitz, the guys who do the Packers podcast there for Packers.com, really good dudes. Um, we were down in the bowels of Lambeau Field and got to uh, see ESPN's uh, office right there at the stadium, their media office. They've got their own section and ran into uh, Rob Domofsky down there. That was kind of cool. Um, it's funny, man, because I'm just going to say, it. Uh, you know, if it's if it's awkward or whatever, I don't care. But we ran into him. I don't know Rob. Right. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm on a personal level with Rob, but I was amazed that when I tweeted it out, because basically we cut the corner, we seen him in there and uh, our tour guide, uh, we got a private tour, which was really, really cool. Um, I, uh, I said, I believe that's Rob. I, I think that's Rob right there. And he turned around and I said, the man, the myth, the legend. And he said, no, nah, not nah. He said, yeah, I don't know about all that. And he just laughed, you know, um, he seemed cool. I don't know him that well, but man, when I tweeted that out, my goodness, there were so many people <laughs> that had a negative reaction to that. I'm like, all right. I, I've only been on Twitter since, you know, gosh, when was it? I got on Twitter last year around March, right, or last March, I should say. And um, I'm still trying to figure out these Twitter factions, to be honest with you, man. It's like a gang warfare, which is hilarious to me because every – not everybody, I shouldn't say that. The majority of the people just get hateful with each other. And they act all tough and they go back and forth and argue, but like they never, they've never met each other, right? They've never sat down and had a, a reasonable conversation with them, but somehow everybody hates each other. And I just don't understand it. But anyway, ran into him and uh, a couple other people. It was just kind of cool, um, you know, just seeing people at their normal work day at Lambeau. And that's the advantage of coming during the week early because these folks are just coming and going, you know, in and out of the building like normal employees which is really neat. So, um, yeah, well, Rob, the reason I bring up Rob is because, uh, he, he sent some tweets out, um, yesterday about the, uh, injury update, right? And I'm, I'm going to kind of cover some of the important injuries. Okay. And not really just read verbatim, um, you know, the, uh, the injury report itself, but Elton Jenkins at number one, he was back at practice yesterday, limited, but back at practice. Uh, my guess is he's going to go, um, here uh, this Monday night. Okay, so Elton Jenkins will be back. It seems like he's uh, he's progressed from uh, whatever you know he was dealing with there. Um, number two on the list is Aaron Rodgers. Um, Aaron Rodgers has now had three straight practices without the tape thumb. And I know we went on the McAfee show, and uh, he um, talked about the thumb, and you know, kind of talked about how. Uh, you know, the the week off, the bye week really helped in helping the thumb heal up a little bit. I don't think it's it's going to be a non-issue, to be honest with you. Um, I don't think you, you break a bone and have a piece of uh, tissue torn off the bone as well, and it just heal up in 
one week off, you know. Um, I think you're still going to see the inaccuracy. I think you're still going to see the wobbly passes. Uh, I think all that's still going to come into effect, maybe not as bad without the tape. And he may prove me wrong. You know, we may come out and he might, you know, be dropping dots, and let's hope that's the case, right? If he goes out there and he's throwing seeds um, and the Packers can win this ball game because the passing game is going to play a huge role, and I really believe that, you know, the Rams have one of the best run defenses um, in the entire National Football League. So – and it's going to be cold, guys. I mean, at one point they were projecting it was going to get down to two degrees that night, but I think since then it's changed a little bit. I want to say it's something like a high around 18, a low around 12. Not that that really matters that much, but it is going to be a chilly, chilly night on Monday. As of right now, they're not calling for uh, much snow. I apologize if you hear that. The uh, the uh, air conditioner slash heater just kicked on in the room, so that may be a little bit of home. But I don't think they're calling for any snow on Monday. It should be a clear night. It's just going to be really, really cold. And, um, you know, it's, it's funny because Matt LaFleur came out and said that that was an advantage, right? Um, that and, and the players were. They were practicing yesterday. We spent a lot of time outside yesterday, and it was colder than a well digger's booty. It was bad. Um, we, I mean, it was uh, – they're out there practicing in the elements, yeah. But the record would kind of suggest that recently um, – and maybe we're just looking at the playoffs too much, you know, more so than the regular season, but – I don't necessarily see an extremely cold game as too much of an advantage for the Packers as a whole. One thing being Aaron Rodgers being an aging quarterback. And, you know, I remember back when Favre in his younger days, he dominated at Lambeau in the cold, right? But as he got older, he really struggled. You've kind of seen that with Aaron. Aaron dominated in the cold as he was younger. And as he's gotten older, I mean, it, it makes sense. You know, anyone who, as you as you start to age a little bit, that weather seems like it hits you a little bit different, you know, um, not that he would make that excuse, not that I'm making an excuse. I'm just saying I don't really look at it as like this huge advantage, although I love cold games at Lambeau Field. absolutely love it. And uh, I'm not going to lie. It's crossed my mind a couple of times that when Jordan Love does take over, if he is the quarterback of the future, um, you're probably – going to see him do well in those cold weather games. Maybe I don't want to say uh, better than Aaron because we don't know if Jordan's going to play at Aaron's you know level or close to. I think that's kind of silly to assume that this guy's just automatically going to play at a Hall of Fame level, you know. But um, it does seem like the younger quarterbacks perform a little bit better in the cold weather as opposed to the old ones, and rightfully so, you know, in my opinion. So um, with that being said, though, Aaron, three straight practices without the, the tape thumb. I mean, it can't hurt the accuracy. To have the tape taken off, that's got to mess with the accuracy a little bit, just the tape itself. But how much of uh, support, uh, you know, does does that tape uh, provide, Aaron? And and without that support, will that cause accuracy issues as well? I mean, we're going to find out. And it's it's not really a great a great game to judge him on because it's going to be so cold, and we know it's uh, harder to grip that slick ball. Um, although Aaron does. Um, one of his strengths has always been ball control, handling of the ball. McCarthy used to talk about that all the time, how he shattered every single ball handling drill that they've ever done in the West Coast system, dating all the way back to San Francisco um, because he has, you know, large hands and that type of thing. But um, I'm eager to see how he does, though. Um, while we're on Aaron Rodgers, let's talk about it. Let's get it out of the way. Man, um, uh, you know, he went on the McAfee show Tuesday. I caught it before I flew out on Wednesday. I, I, I listened to it. And think he said anything out of uh, out of line, but man, sure enough, just like every Tuesday, Twitter blows up, and you've got about twenty to thirty percent of the fan base that just can't stand him. They hate him. They hate everything he talks about. They hate everything he represents. Uh, 
And uh, it's mind-boggling to me. I mean, it really is. Like, what's crazy about being up here, ground zero, is we've seen a bunch of fans. We've seen people coming and going out of the building. Um, we met with two tour guides, which I'll talk about here on the back half of this podcast. And, uh, you know, you don't get that vibe here. Like, even what's crazy is, like, even taking Ubers to and from the stadium and, and just kind of around the city, anytime we talk Packers, um, you don't get the vibe that they dislike Rodgers, right? And I'm glad I did that poll earlier in the year because I, I started getting to the point where I'm like, man, does the fan base just hate Rodgers? I know the media, they're always going to be the loudest critics, right? Because they got a microphone in front of them and they're, you know, obviously doing podcasts to thousands, uh, thousands, if not tens of thousands of, uh, of listeners, right? And most of the media fall in line with that, just kind of hating on Rodgers, right? And we all know why, and we're not going to get political or talk about COVID and the vaccine and all that stuff. We know why, and we'll just leave it at that. But it's like here in town, people love him. And they appreciate what he's done. Um, when I was talking to, I'll just mention this part of the tour. When I was talking to Mike, the uh, the tour guide, um, man, what a great conversation. Again, I'll talk about it on the backside. But one thing that we did talk about was was Aaron Rodgers when he went. He and I was just sitting there, and then as we went to leave the stadium, I mentioned it as well, and uh, we got to talking about it. And it's like he's guys. He's been a he was at the 1965 championship, okay, when Don Chandler kicked the game-winning field goal against, I believe it was the Cleveland Browns, the Browns or the Colts, can't remember, um, right offhand. He was in the end zone where the kick was made, right? This guy has been a beer vendor at Lambeau Field for 51 years. And when you hear ben beer vendor, you probably think, oh, what do you know about football? No, this guy, he, he was our private tour guide. And they couldn't have picked anybody better for our little special private tour. Um, been around Lambeau Field pretty much his whole life. Been around the Packers his whole life. Um, and when that subject got brought up, man, you could see him get irritated. And the way he shook his head and he was just like, these people, these fans think that Hall of Fame quarterbacks grow on trees. And we're so quick to just forget how much somebody has done for us or done for the organization, you know, and that's the society we live in. Like, you know, in the old days here, here's Papaw Bailey talking to you. Right. And, and I'm, I am, I'm kind of an old, soul. I, I see myself that way. Um, I connect with people like Mike, who's probably, I don't, I didn't ask his age. I mean, he's probably in his seventies, if not eighties, I connect with them more than I connect with people my age. Because people around my age group and around my age group, meaning, you know, from 30 to 45, it's just like the second they disagree with something, the second it goes wrong, it's, oh, let's just quit. Let's just quit and move on. Hit reset. Turn the game off. That type of mentality. You know, and it's why you see divorce rates so high today in today's society, at least here. I don't know what it is worldwide, but I know in the United States, it's unbelievable. I don't want to botch the number, but I mean, it's something astronomical, like more than 50%. Because when a little bit of adversity hits, when you disagree with someone, when something doesn't go your way, you start kicking and screaming. And it's just, I hate this person. I'm moving on. I'm better than this. I have self-worth. All that BS. 
that's poured into our brains. And it's like you, you, you completely forget everything that a person has done for you, your organization, a family member, whatever it might be. And it's let's just move on to the next better thing. And it's crazy to me. And that's what Mike was saying was like how quick we are to forget. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. That Brett Favre put us in an awkward place. Not that you should hate Brett Favre. I don't hate him um, football field-wise. I'm, I'm specifically talking about when he left and went and played for the Jets and the Vikings, okay? He, he done some – it sounds like he's done some horrible things. I like to wait and see if someone was actually guilty of it and hold my judgment, but it's looking bad. Okay, we got to be honest. And if the things are true, then I want nothing to do with the guy. I want to put that out there. But when he came down to the end of his run in Green Bay and he, uh, you know, wanted to play this wishy-washy and, and all right, let's, let's just kind of, uh, you know, let's kind of hold him on by a string here, by a thread. And then, okay, I am going to come back. And he changed his mind to the best of my knowledge. It was three or four times over about a 90-day span to the point where they had the jet ready to fly down to Hattiesburg, pick him up, and bring him back up to Green Bay to announce he was coming back. And he kept changing his mind. And for me, it said he didn't want to play in Green Bay any longer. 
he didn't want to play for McCarthy, right? But then when they bucked on him and said, okay, fine, we'll just let you retire, and they kind of pushed their retirement party on out, Brett gets mad, gets his feelings hurt, now all of a sudden he wants to go play for the Vikings, right? Well, when everything happened like that, and he put the, the organization in turmoil, who stepped up? It was Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers stepped right into that starting role. He was getting death threats, guys. Death threats. And he's on camera talking about how there was fans saying they were going to break his legs and all that stuff because everybody was so, oh, crazy about Brett Favre, right? And it's funny that as he comes to his end, and we're trying to bring this in for a nice soft landing, and I give kudos to Brian Gutekunst, Mark Murphy, um, you know, I, not so much Matt LaFleur, although I love Matt LaFleur. Um, I mean, he he didn't make that decision. Obviously, Mark Murphy and Goody did. But they wanted to make sure they didn't make the same mistake. I don't even think they made a mistake, but they wanted to avoid the same fiasco that happened with Favre, right? And they successfully did it. And the people that hate Rodgers and hate his mannerisms and all that stuff, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I, I grew up watching Michael Jordan. And to see Michael Jordan cussing his teammates out on camera, and, and nobody said a thing about it because he was winning championships. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers rolls his eyes or shrugs his shoulders at the sideline, and it's like there are Packer fans that are ready to cry their eyes out. And I just don't understand it. I'm like, man, you would not have lasted in the Bailey household growing up. If someone rolling their eyes or shrugging their shoulders bothers you that bad, boy, whoo. You would not have been able to handle Howard Clayton Bailey in the Bailey household. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now. But nonetheless, Mike just basically said Packer fans don't appreciate it. And and they're just so quick to move on because they disagreed uh, with – it's funny because, you know, Mike's wearing a mask during the tour because his wife's battling uh, cancer and dealing with chemo right now. And like <laughs> – those are the type of people that you would think would be really sensitive about the vaccination status and, and all that, right? Seeing that the the agenda that was crammed down our throats for so long, uh, whether you believe it or not, that you're right to do that. I, you know, it don't matter to me. I don't, I don't, I'm not mad at you because we might disagree on a certain stance, right? I've told you guys over and over, I'm vaccinated. I regret doing it. I'm not going to say why, but I do. Um, but there's a guy that had every reason to, to be mad about someone not getting the vaccination if indeed it does affect other people who are high risk because his wife's high risk and he's defending the guys. <laughs> so it's like, you can't figure this stuff out, man. You can't figure it out. But um, yeah. So hearing Mike say that made me grin. It's like, I'm glad I'm not the only one that feels like that because it is, it's what's wrong today, man. It's, you know, like, you know, people making comments about, um, you know, I, I've been a little bit disconnected. I haven't listened to any podcast since I've been up here. I've seen Twitter uh, somewhat, not all of it. But there's there's people that were making comments because Roger said he's seen the other side or something. And I was like, seen the other side? Was he talking about retirement? What's he talking about? And then I dug into it a little bit deeper. And they were talking about the, the comment that I heard on the podcast where he said that, you know, when doing one of the, the rituals down there in South America, he'd seen the other side, right? I know a bunch of people who have said they've seen the other side. Now, am I saying I believe them? I'm the type of person that I got to see it to believe it, right? And I like to take people's word for it. But at the same time, like, why do I have to believe it or not believe it or whatever the case may be, right? 
But so many people got upset about that. I'm like, why do you care what he thinks? Why do you care what his personal stance is on stuff? And why do you keep watching the Pat McAfee show if you hate it so bad? It just makes no sense to me. I don't get it. Man, I didn't plan on this podcast going in this angle, but um, yeah. Interesting, though. Interesting to see people react. But again, three straight practices without the tape thumb. I think that's definitely better news than bad news, right? It's got to be uh, got to lean toward good news there. Let's hope that the thumb holds up and he's uh, back to old form. Um, I'm not expecting it, but maybe that week off did help that, that he can be a little more accurate. So let's move on to Romeo Dobbs. Another thing has been talked about is Romeo Dobbs. Um, Romeo Dobbs, uh, Matt LaFleur said in his presser, this is what's really cool. We were in the bowels of Lambeau Field for the, uh, for the tour, right? And we're just hanging out in the player's tunnel. We're outside of the media auditorium, outside of the player's locker room. We just did a tour of the visiting locker room. We're just kind of hanging out. And um, uh, the tour guy grabs me and he's like, look, it, the quiet sign's on. That means they're doing a press conference. And then, lo and behold, just a, a couple seconds later, while we were looking at the, the golf cart, you know, Aaron Rodgers' golf cart, Matt LaFleur walks out of a, a room and goes into the media auditor- auditorium for his presser. That was really, really cool. But one of the things that he talked about in one of his pressers the last 48 hours was um, Romeo Dobbs. We're all getting excited because Romeo Dobbs is on pace to, uh, to play this, this week, right? And we haven't seen Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson on the field together very much. You know, Christian being hurt early, then Romeo Dobbs getting hurt. Um, but LaFleur said we have to be realistic because it's been a while since he's played. And that's exactly how I'm looking at it. I'm trying not to get overly excited because, guys, when you miss that much time, especially as a rookie, now he's been sitting back watching and keeping up in meetings and all that, I'm sure. But you're going to be rusty. I don't expect them to just send him out there Monday night and he's going to play every snap. I hope that's the case if, if he can be effective in that role, but I'm not expecting it. I think we need to kind of curb the enthusiasm there a little bit. As LaFleur said, we have to be realistic because it's been a while since we've seen him play. So, But Romeo Dobbs is set to play. Um, up next on the list is Bakhtiari. Bakhtiari did not participate. I'm assuming Bak is not going to play. Now, again, I've been a little bit disconnected. I've not been in my office, obviously, up here, being up here in Green Bay. Um, I can't uh, – can't keep up with stuff as, as close. I don't think he's went on IR. I don't think he's went on, you know, any kind of uh, designation or anything like that as far as Bach goes, but not participating. I'm assuming he's not playing this Sunday. Um, so if that's the case, here's what our offensive line is going to look like. It's going to be Zach Tom at left tackle, Elton Jenkins at left guard, Josh Myers at center, John Runyon at right guard, Yash Nijman at uh, right tackle. Um, I feel like that offensive line has settled in pretty good. Um, I'm eager to see what Zach Tom can do. Now, one thing that's going to play a huge role in how that offensive line performs is Aaron Donald. You know, um, the vibe I'm getting is he's playing um, everything I've seen and heard, but then I go to the injury report and he did not participate, to the best of my knowledge, all week long. So there's a chance um, that Aaron Donald does not play Sunday. If he doesn't, that's going to help the run game. And that's obviously going to help the Packers. But again, Aaron Donald coming off an injury, um, similar to what we said about Romeo Dobbs, although I'm not comparing arguably the best defensive player we've seen play the game in the last 20, 30 years to a rookie wide receiver who's only got 300 yards receiving. You know, I'm not 
I'm not suggesting that, that they're on the same level. But Aaron Donald um, missing that time also suggests he's not going to come out and be at the top of his game, right at the top of his level of play. So um, let's hope that the offensive line can hold up against him. And if it's me, I say don't start Bach, even if he, you think, okay, he might be able to go. Um, let's just run with Zach Tom at left tackle. So that's kind of how I see the injury report. So, again, just a recap, Elton back at practice suggests he'll be playing left guard. Aaron Rodgers, three straight practices without a taped thumb. Romeo Dobbs, uh, LaFleur said, you know, you got to be realistic about the snap count there. It's been a while. He could be bluffing, too. And then Bach being uh, on the DNP, meaning uh, Zach Tom is going to probably play left tackle. Aaron Donald did not participate, so there's a good chance that he'll play either a small role or won't play at all. So um, that's kind of how we see it. That's what to expect Monday night. As of right now, we'll keep you updated. Anything we hear uh, coming out of uh, – out of 1265 right across the street here. Um, so the trip itself, though, let's talk about that. Again, we want to get that stuff in real quick. And if you guys don't want to hear about the trip, then just go ahead and skip ahead to the next podcast. Totally cool. But uh, it's cool, man. We rode into town or we flew into town, I should say, um, on Wednesday. And as we, you know, we're approaching Green Bay, we look out the window and the lights from the, uh, the wing of the plane. Man, it was a blizzard outside. Absolutely awesome. Now, by the time we got on the ground, it was just rain, so the snow hadn't hit yet. But since then, we've gotten probably about four inches of snow up here. And what's cool is it's just been a steady snow shower the entire time. And I think that's absolutely awesome. Like, it's not been like blizzard conditions where you can't get out. The roads have been covered pretty much the entire time, but it's hilarious, man, that that uh, people up here know how to drive. You know, they're obviously used to it. You know, we've taken Ubers everywhere and every Uber trip. I felt like, man, these guys, they're, they're not worried that there's snow on, on, the, on the streets at all. You know, back home in Tennessee, the roads get covered. Everything shuts down. You know, like I was telling the Uber last night, we got horses in the ditch, you know, spun out and, and all that. Like, it's uh, Tennessee just about shuts down when you get a couple inches of snow. But up here, everything just keeps going, which is really cool. But, man, just to have that snow in the backdrop the entire time has been has been absolutely awesome. Um, you know, the highlight for me so far has been the stadium tour. And, and guys, the reason I'm covering this stuff is we've had people reach out. We've had several listeners reach out and say, man, I want to hear about the trip. So I'm just trying to give you guys in real time when it's fresh on my mind. And we'll talk about it in future podcasts, too, um, because this is supposed to be a, a very organized trip for me. I want to hit a lot of historical sites and things like that. Now, we've been on stadium tours before, but this was our very first private stadium tour, meaning it was just me and my wife and two tour guides that got to go on this tour. So they didn't have to cater to an entire group. It was just a personalized conversation the entire time. And Mike was our, our uh, Mike and Rick were their names, our uh, hosts, okay, our uh, tour guides. Mike is absolutely awesome. Like I said, he's got to be, he's at least in his late 70s, possibly his 80s. Um, just the, the sweetest dude. Um, he was at the 1965 championship. If you guys don't know, that's the Don Chandler kick, game-winning kick game. And if you guys remember, um, the kick was – it looked very, very suspect. And this is how I knew I could trust Mike. When he – we walked by and there was a picture on the wall of, of that kick. He pointed at it and he said, that's the, you know, the 65 championship with the Don Chandler kick. And I said, oh, yeah, the one that Dave Robinson talked about. He said, I was at that game. And I went, awesome. And I looked at him. I said, so what do you think? And he went, I was right behind the goalposts. He said, that kick was no good. <laughs> And that's when I knew I could trust Mike. Mike's been a lifelong Packer fan, right? 
And it would have been real easy to go, ah, it's too close to tell. He just flat out said it, man, that kick was no good. And, and you guys know the Dave Robinson NFL Films video where Dave says, you know, he catches a lot of flack about that kick and, and the fact that, you know, it wasn't any good. And he said, I took the check. You know, they got a bonus check for winning that game. He said, I took that check to the bank and I handed it to the teller. I said, this is the check for that game that everybody said the kick was no good. And he said, the teller looked at the front, looked at the back, held his hands up in the air and said, it's good. <laughs> he said, "That's I don't care what they think. That's all I needed to hear the check cash. So pretty cool. He was at that game, guys, as a young man. How cool is that? He'd been a beer vendor at Lambeau Field for 51 freaking years. 51 years he's been selling beer at Lambeau Field. I think he said uh, section 126. So game day, you know, we're up in the 690 section where we're going to be at the suites, but I, you can bet your butt I'm finding that dude and buying a beer off of him and taking a selfie because he was just – he was awesome, man, absolutely awesome. Um, also on this, uh, this tour, uh, we – for the first time ever, we've been on about a half a dozen tours, and for the first time ever, it being a private one, and he took us to the press box. I'd never been in the Lambeau Field press box. Oh, my God, what a gym. It was awesome. That thing, I did not expect it to be that large. I expected it to be maybe, you know, 20 yards long. This thing was a good – it was at least – my gosh, I'm trying to think. It, it, was, it was probably 40 yards long, pretty close to it. There were just – and there was two or three rows of seating. And you could see the food prep for the media where Lambeau Field, you know, already had the baskets uh, prepped for the food for the media guys for Monday's game and and just all this stuff, you know, getting set up. We got to see the NFL phone. Some of you going, what the heck's the NFL phone? What are you talking about? Right in the center of the press box at Lambeau Field is a normal phone, right? And on the on the phone directory, you know how the uh, the phones will have like a – you can you can auto program in speed dialed numbers, right? And it'll say, you know, mom. It'll say, you know, whatever. Uh, Pizza Hut, right? Um, sponsor the show, by the way, Pizza. Um, you know, it might say local bar, whatever it is, right? If you're Jacob, it might say the local tat shop or the beard oil store, whatever. Um, you got those listed there, and on it were things like I, I took a picture of it. Now. I don't want to. I, I, I'm not going to try to list them all because I won't remember them all. But it was like. Uh, officiating crew had a speed dial number. The uh, TV broadcast booth had uh, a speed dial number. Um, the away team had a speed dial. The home team had a speed dial. Um, all these things. So the NFL official that's there for that game, not a ref, but the guy who's overseeing the entire event sits at that desk and watches the game. And if he has an issue, he picks up that phone, hits that button to whichever – person he needs to talk to and gets it straightened out right then that was really really cool for me um also in the lobby back where the food was at behind where the media members sit if you walk back there they had the front page articles and this is a brilliant idea and i'm gonna completely copy it um i'm still in it as soon as i get back for my studio for the game room they had the front page uh newspaper front page from every single championship all 13 world championships for the green bay packers the front page newspaper front page from the day after the championship game and i just thought that was so cool and it's so cool that the media members have to walk by that to go to their seat to remind them of look here is what you're representing as a media member being at lambeau field the greatness that's come before all of us 
right? The 13 world championships was really, really cool. Really cool. And it's why I get so, excuse my language, but pissed off at the media is because they don't see it that way. It's like they seem entitled. You know, I've, you guys have heard me talk about how the reporter got into it with Jason Garrett because he refused to call him coach and, and how they just got this, like, I don't know, this, uh, this aura about them that they, you know, they deserve better. And it's like, like, think of the people that came before you with the Green Bay Press Gazette back in the day and how they used to prop the team up because they knew if they if they reported negative on the Packers, like overly negative, that would drive down interest. And you never would have gotten the support that you got from the Green Bay community and the team wouldn't even exist. Thank God there wasn't a bunch of petty little soft Oh, I want to cuss. Soft guys in the media back then that was going to get their feelings hurt over every little thing. And they propped the team up to make sure it could continue to exist. And I love the fact that they put those 13 championships there where those guys have to walk right by. I love it. Absolutely love it. So um, another cool thing when we were standing out there, as, you know, as uh, Coach LaFleur walked into the media room or whatever, we were checking out the cart. Mike pointed it out to me, grabbed me by the arm and said, there's the, there's a, there's Aaron Rodgers' golf cart. So we, we got to go over and take pictures of it. It's just parked right down there, in the, right next to the player's tunnel. You could tell he takes it right out of the um, – out of the gate there to uh, to the practice field and back and forth and got to got to get a you know a couple of shots of it. It was cool that it was just sitting there. That was really neat. So um, something else that we did and we'll we'll wrap this pot up. Uh, we got to go to the Hotel Northland. That was on my list. And for those of you who don't know, the Hotel Northland has a lot of huge significance. Um, I would go to the screenshot I have and read the historical plate, but if I do, I'm recording this on my phone through uh, restream. If I do that, then it's probably going to cut the audio out, and hopefully the audio stays clear enough for you guys without me touching anything here. Um, I believe it will. But uh, the Hotel Northland played a huge role. You know, Lombardi used to give, uh, used to have meetings there. Um, it goes back to the old days. Curly Lambeau lived there for a short time. I think they said for about a year. So it was this real popular downtown hotel. Man, it was a classic. I mean, it looked like you were just, you step back in time walking into that building. And we ate at the, uh, the Walnut Room there, which is a restaurant right there. And it was, that was like an old ballroom that was called the Walnut Room. And they converted it into a restaurant right there on the, on site. You know, on the, on the banister walking up the steps, you had uh, a bronze, um, like at the top of the handrail was Lombardi's fedora, his hat that was made kind of in bronze and it was like embedded into the handrail, which was really cool. So you can kind of touch it. They say rub it for good luck as you head out. That was neat. But you've seen so many pictures over the years where players have lived there. Players stayed there. Away teams would typically stay there when they were in town to play Green Bay because you're on the east side of the Fox River and you're just down the street maybe – I don't know, maybe five or six blocks from where they played at City Stadium for, you know, however many years it was, 20, 30 years, right? We covered that on the last pod we did. Hopefully you enjoyed that, you know, talking about Hegemeister Park, Bellevue Park, and uh, Old City Stadium. But Hotel Northland was awesome. And um, I didn't know, but it shut down. And then not too long ago, it was actually low-income housing for a while. And then that fell through. And then another group came in and invested in it. And I think they said $15 million was what they invested into it. 50, 
Mandy just poked around a corner and gave me. See, she pays way closer attention than I do. $50 million is what it took to kind of refurbish it and put it back in business. And so it's back up and running, and they're trying to restore it back to what it looked like back then, um, which is really cool. So we got to got to kind of hang out and eat dinner there where the players used to eat dinner, where Curly Lambeau lived and all that. And uh, we shared all that on Twitter again at, at Packers underscore access. You can kind of see I'm trying to document the whole show. I apologize if I'm blowing your notifications up, but um, gotten a lot of feedback to a lot of messages, people thanking me for sharing this stuff with them. Cause I, whenever we do something like this, we want to feel like we're taking our listeners along with us. That's the most important aspect. So um, that's pretty much it though. Um, Again, just wanted to kind of hit on it. We'll probably do an episode geared around the entire trip um, because, you know, we're just in day two of seven here. Um, but uh, we'll uh, we'll cover it all at a later time. But wanted to bring you that injury update information because I was, you know, kind of coming through Twitter. I didn't see a whole lot of people talking about it. And I thought, man, I'd rather be informative than just jump on the train of, okay, let's, uh, let's bash Aaron Rodgers because of his beliefs or, you know, whatever. You know, one other thing I will say, it sounds like an article came out where former players, it's funny how it's always former players, are saying that how hard it is to pick up Aaron Rodgers' hand signals. There's as many as 30 hand signals. I mean, hearing people talk in that interview, former players, I mean, it, it made me think, you probably wouldn't have made it on my high school baseball team. We had <laughs> almost as many hand signals and <laughs> as as – as they're talking about having on the Packers and, you know, working specifically with Aaron Rodgers, like, why are, why is this a big deal? Like, I don't understand. And it's funny. A guy tweeted and I retweeted it too, just being the, the petty person I am. And he said, it's funny, Christian Watson, these guys are talking about how it's real hard to pick up the, the, uh, the hand signals, right? The guys who have been cut and moved on to other teams and division rivals and all that. And the Rodgers haters are, see, we try to tell you it's Aaron that's making all this, more difficult than it needs to be. And it's like, bro, they're playing for a diff they're playing for a division rival and you're siding with them. This makes no sense to me. But anyway, the guy tweeted out, you know, it's funny, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and Samori Torre aren't having any problems <laughs> with the hand signals. I thought that sums it up for me right there. Let me retweet that out because it's true. Like every time somebody gets cut by the Packers, not every time, but you know, Greg Jennings, people like that. Now, I love that other former players are coming up and going, no, that's BS. That's not how Aaron is. It's like everybody expects Aaron. Don't talk about your spirituality. Don't talk about uh, don't talk about your opinion of whether or not the government should be able to shove a needle in your arm. OK, don't uh, uh, make sure that you talk to every single player on the roster with any extra second that you have in the day. You should be hanging out with your teammates and don't have a personal life, right? All these things. And it's like, have we ever held another player to this standard? We haven't, and we know why. So, anyway, that's kind of my take on it. But I'm excited, man. Uh, Monday night's going to be here soon. We still got a lot to do. We're going back over to the east side of town um tomorrow night uh no tonight and uh, i'm gonna try to get over to city stadium and where hegemaster park actually was and snap a couple shots but um that's kind of the goal there to see a couple more historic sites before we head over and, and grab dinner on that side of town again but uh i'm really excited about monday um 
you know, hooking up with Seth Ruder. Seth reached out to me. If you guys don't know, Seth Ruder's the guy who won um, our Monday Night Football giveaway. So he won a free ticket up there in the uh, club suite, uh, club suites with us um, for uh, the Monday Night Football game against the L.A. Rams here coming up this week. And really excited about hooking up with him. He, he's jacked. Uh, we're going to go to the tailgate party together, hang out all day, and then go to the ball game. And um, it's really cool because we appreciate him, too, man. I know he uh, he entered himself into that contest multiple times uh, by helping out Drew with the seizure service dog. And, um, yeah, it was really cool to uh, to get some help on that side, but also be able to give away a uh, an awesome experience like that to a listener, too. So, Seth, we appreciate you, man. We're looking forward to hanging out with you. Also looking forward to hooking up with Jacob when he gets up here. If everything goes as planned, guys, um, we are going to come back on Monday night. As soon as the game's over, I'm going to go to the hotel. Jacob's going to try to go with me. We're going to try to find a quiet place in the lobby and be on camera. Ryan's going to man the ship back home. And uh, we're going to do a uh, post-game show for you guys. So that should be a lot of fun. Hopefully we're talking about a Packers win. Um, as you guys know, if the Packers win out, they've got like a 76% chance of making the playoffs, I think. But you got to win all these games. It's the only way you're going to realistically have a chance. We still have people saying, I just want Jordan Love to play. I just want to um, tank for a better pick. I don't understand it. But, you know, again, people are free to fan how you want to fan. And who am I to tell you what you should or should not, you know, Thing, right so um yeah with that being said thank you all for hanging out with us again sorry for the quality hopefully um it's it's good enough quality you could hear all this i apologize for the echo apologize for the background noise but um yeah we'll be back on monday for the post game show hopefully talking about a dub as always let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go pack go